Hello, and welcome to the Cybersecurity Awesomeness Podcast, hosted by Enterprise Management Associates, an industry-leading IT analyst research firm that provides deep insights across the full spectrum of IT and data management technologies. The Cybersecurity Awesomeness Podcast will take a deep dive into the security topics that are top of mind for information security practitioners, IT professionals, and technology business leaders. Join security experts Chris Steffen, VP of Research at EMA, and Ken Buckler, Research Analyst at EMA, for some truly awesome topics. Chris and Ken, take it away. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Welcome to the Cyber Security Awesomeness Podcast. I am your host. My name is Chris Steffen. Joining me today is my friend and colleague and collaborator, Mr. Ken Buckler. Today, we're going to talk about the freemium model. And is it a marketing ploy? Does it actually work? Is it something that when you are looking at cybersecurity solutions and software, should you be looking at a freemium model? For those of you who don't know what a freemium model is, basically a company gets out there, says, here, we have this great product. It is a great product and it's so great. We want you to try it for free. Sometimes it comes with some features disabled. Sometimes it comes as a quote unquote light version. Sometimes it comes with a, you know, it's the complete version, but you get a 30 day trial, whatever have you. But I want to talk a little bit about why that's interesting, why it's either succeeding or failing. And we'll kind of see where the conversation goes from there. So Ken, I know that you are a fan of freemium in general, but it comes with some downsides. Talk to me a little bit about some of your thoughts about freemium security software. So one one of the things that I absolutely love um, is the the recent push from some vendors towards not just a freemium model, but actually like an open source freemium model where they're going to release a subset of their product or uh, a tool that works well with their product under an open source license, actually put that in the hands of the community, allow the community um, and even their competitors for that matter to see the source code, to, to go in and modify the source code, improve the source code. Um, it, it's very encouraging because it helps build a sense of community around the product. And then at the same time, it gives them a lot of good promotion, a lot of good visibility for the industry. Now, this can also backfire. Um, and, and, you know, the, the problem with freemium models is that if your company has a freemium offering, and the freemium offering gives too much value, there's not enough incentive for potential customers to buy the the actual paid version. So what ends up happening is your freemium version that you develop as a, a marketing tool ends up becoming a cost instead of a revenue generator. So that, that's one of the, the biggest downsides when it comes to freemium. Yeah, let me give you an example. And, and again, I want to be clear they are not sponsoring this podcast or anything like that. But as a longtime system administrator, I will tell you that there have been some AV tools out there that use a freemium model that are some of the absolute best tools that you could use. The example that I'm going to use is our friends at Malwarebytes. If you are a system administrator, especially one with a little bit of gray hair, you have likely used Malwarebytes. Why? Because if you had a weird problem that your everyday antivirus didn't catch, whatever have you, 
you would download the quick fix or the zero day fix for Malwarebytes and wham, bam, you were fixed. Everything seemed to work. The weird part about it and something that I have talked to them extensively about is the fact that people don't always use a paid version of Malwarebytes. They understand that, you know, if they're hurting and they need to be fixed, that they are the go-to to get it fixed because they are absolutely some of the best in the industry when it comes to doing that. But then when it comes to paying for your normal everyday use antivirus, enterprises don't seem to use that. I don't, I've never understood that. I actually use Malwarebytes and, and have used Malwarebytes on my stuff plenty of times. I don't have a good explanation for them apart from the fact that they do such a damn good job of providing a solution for free that going out there and buying their solution after the fact, it, it's troublesome for them. I don't want them to change. And, and again, please Malwarebytes, if you're hearing this, please don't change. I think that you guys are some of the best in the industry. I will tell you listeners, if you are looking at this and you are having a need for a antivirus malware solution, you should check them out. They are some of the best that are out there. It isn't to say that there are other ones that aren't at equally as interesting, but give them a look. But they are an example of where that freemium solution hasn't always been the best. Yeah. And, you know, another one that I love to, to talk about is Alien Vault. So, and, you know, so, so for those not aware of what Alien Vault is, it's, it's an open source SIM solution. It allows you to actually monitor the, the security status of your network. Now, they have an open source version and they have a, a premium version that's designed for larger enterprises. If you're a small, you know, five computer shop, Alien Vault open source version is, is all that you're going to need. Now, AT&T actually purchased Alien Vault, and they offer it as some of their, their premium services. Who would have thought that, you know, old Mall Bell, AT&T, would have a, a cybersecurity solution? But they do. It's amazing. Um, so, so there's some great solutions out there that are especially great for the smaller companies that are just getting started. And what's wonderful about that model is that then allows them to grow as the company grows into the premium version. Yeah, so let's talk about that a little bit. One of my constant concerns about a freemium solution is that when you are taking and doing a proof of concept, the solution provider basically hands you a copy of the software and says, have at it. You have 30 days, go do what you want to do, break it, manipulate it, do whatever it is that you want in your environment. And let us know how it goes and when you can sign on the dotted line. We'll, we'll be taking your PO and your money and we'll live happily ever after. The problem with that is the very simple fact that we live in a world today, especially, that it isn't a fire and forget world. You, you can't basically say, just hand me a version of the software and expect me to have a complete and total understanding of all the nuances of that software yeah. by just handing me the software. So my problem with the freemium model in general is that the software is free, but the part that really makes or breaks that solution is the support that you get. And if the freemium example of the, the proof of concept does not come with your world-class support as an addition to your overall proof of concept, then I don't know if I'm interested in it. I, I need to have an understanding of what that support is going to look like in real life. I appreciate the opportunity to play with it. 
I appreciate the opportunity that you're putting it out there to kind of demo. And if prove me wrong, if it really is so straightforward that all I need to do is click on a couple buttons and I'm good to go, then then you have solved the greatest cybersecurity problem in the entire universe, right? Most cybersecurity solutions are not that way. And I need to understand what your support model is like, how responsive they are, how technical they are, so I can make a full understanding and, and recommendation about a solution going forward. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, so so it, it becomes a very interesting line that not only you, the, the client, need to, to walk as, you know, it comes to premium, but also the vendor needs to walk that line very carefully, too. And, you know, one of the biggest concerns is if, if you offer too much value in that freemium model, then they're not going to buy the, the, the paid version. Um, and and we'll, I've seen, you know, not necessarily cybersecurity solutions shut down because of this, but I've seen other business solutions, business software that just make the announcement one day that, oh, yeah, hey, by the way, we're, we're turning off the free version now. You can't use it anymore. Sorry. Now, if, if you've got that as part of your critical, you know, setup for your business and all of a sudden that just goes away, you've got a serious problem. So that's one of the, the, the serious pitfalls when it comes to freemium is it might be a good cost savings now, but it might end up resulting in an emergency expense later. Yeah, I, again, no question about it. And as I mentioned, that's part of the reason that you and I are talking about this today is that's, that's kind of what's happening to us. Not going to get into names or anything like that, but a solution that we've been using now for a while is no longer going to be available. The bad part for that solution is that plenty of other options available that we're going to probably utilize instead. I would, I, I guess the last thing that I wanted to share with people and have people understand going forward is that as much as freemium software is interesting and quote unquote free, it's never free. It, it always comes with some level of effort on the part of the consumer it comes on a huge level of effort on the part of the producer to develop a freemium product that can be used, can be consumed by the public. And it gets back to the whole shareware idea. I mean, if you, you want to set your Wayback Machine to, you know, the days of shareware and, and whatever have you. I miss shareware. I miss I shareware really too. Well, do you, I mean, and again, I'm, I'm not a sponsor of the podcast, but our friends at WinZip are the perfect example. How many people on this earth before Microsoft integrated it completely used WinZip? And the answer is every single person in the world used WinZip to one degree or another. And it was crushing. They, they were actually part of the Business Software Alliance going after companies, corporations that were using WinZip and not paying the, the premium. And, and I didn't have any problem with that. I mean, they, they created an absolutely vital tool that pretty much the entire world was using, and yet very few in the world were paying for. And I always found their model interesting. But those days of shareware, when, when people would not take and pay for something that was, was commonly used or you gained a tremendous value for, that was always a weird thing to me. I, I mean, again, usually the shareware costs were pennies on the dollar, especially when you considered the amount of use and the amount of productivity that you got out of it. And if you are a, a startup independent contractor that doesn't have any money, okay, well, I get it. If you are a corporation, well, then pony up the dough, man. I mean, that that $10 WinZip license is not going to 
I mean, it's not going to break your bank. Let's, let's do the right thing here. So that was really digressing. But at the same time, I, I remember the shareware model. I, I appreciated the shareware model and it, the, the freemium is kind of along the same lines. Keep in mind that it doesn't come free and support those companies if they are doing something that you're finding value from and do what you can to help them. Ken, I, that's all I had for today. Did you have any last thoughts? Well, you know, something else too is sometimes when you have a, a free product, as you said, it's not really free. Sometimes if it is free and you don't see a, a paid option, it's because you are the actual product. Your data is the actual product. Really, really good point. I I often wonder how they are aggregating. And, and you can look it up in their their terms and conditions. They'll tell you. But you know, if if you are getting something for free, you're not getting something for free. You you might think that your your Google search is free. It is not. They are taking that information. They are aggregating that information. They're creating better search results if that's all they're doing with it, which it probably isn't. And so that that data that you are putting into a Google search engine is not free by any means. So always kind of keep that in mind, especially as we get more and more into the AI universe. The data is king. They are looking for data to train those models and the data that you are providing to your quote unquote free model. It ain't free. It's definitely coming at a cost to you, whether you realize it or not, because you are training at your expense the next revision of AI that's out there in the universe. Maybe it's a small price to pay. Maybe you don't care. And that's fine. I'm not saying you should, but just keep in mind that that data is there. There almost is no such thing as data that just goes into the bit bucket. Everybody's using data for something with that. Um, I think that's, we covered it all pretty much today. I appreciate everybody for listening. And again, if you have a topic that is of particular interest to you and you'd like us to talk about on this podcast, please let us know. You can find us on LinkedIn or through EMA or wherever you would find us, drop us a line and let us know. And with that, thanks for listening. Thanks, Chris and Ken, for all your great insights on today's topic. Make your next podcast awesome when you work with EMA security experts Chris Steffen or Ken Buckler. Educate your prospects, differentiate your solution, and add the credibility of a third-party expert to your message. Visit cybersecurityawesomeness.com to listen to past episodes. 